morning, good afternoon, good night, my dears. Welcome to one more Worldwide Podcast. And this episode is definitely one of the best episodes ever of this podcast because we are starting with Cameroon, our African journey, you know. So before introducing our guest, I just want to know how is Guy from Netherlands? How is Amsterdam, my bro? Yo, I have to say, guys, how y'all doing? I had the most funniest weekend because I went to pet baby goats. Literally just that. And I think goats are my favorite farm animal. <laughs> and João, I, I saw that you were traveling as well this weekend, right? Where yeah. Did you go? Yeah, I've been to an island, bro. We call it, I mean, the translation in English to the island is the big island. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's, um, I mean, 30, 30 kilometers from my place. So oh, it's actually yeah. very close. Yeah, pretty close. It's very close. And I've never been there in my life. <laughs> so I'm yeah. actually, you know, this, this Corona times make, make us, you know, know more in our countries because we can go abroad. So then we are discovering places nearby. So, uh, oh, sorry, guys, 30, 30 miles from a place. Like it's a bit more than 30 kilometers, but eh, it's still very close. But, <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah, it was amazing. I, I've been there with my girlfriend and we were, you know, uh, traveling by boats uh, because you can get there by, you know, by car. So you should like take a boat. And I was feeling like, you know, John B and the Outer Banks cast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 saw, I saw the references you made from Outer Banks. It was so funny. <laughs> amazing, bro. So, yeah, you're in this boat and I was joking. I was joking, Carol, because she also has watched this series and she knows. <laughs> and we were joking together, like, you're looking for the Royal Merchant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So, amazing. yeah, guys, this episode, I brought my good friend Harry's from Amsterdam to come and talk about Cameroon, our first ever, ever African country. So, Harris, how are you doing? I am doing great. Every Hello, everyone. Nice to, uh, to e-meet you all. I don't know where, which part of the world you are in, but very nice to, to know that I, I, I'm being heard. Amazing, bro. For sure, for sure, yeah. The, the first thing I, t- I told to Harris was like, we have to bring you on because we have an amazing platform for you to talk about like this amazing country. And then again, like we are like um, our latest country was Montenegro. This time it's Cameroon. They're both countries that people not know much about. So it's so cool to bring like these people in so that these gets uh, distributed and people listen to it. And they're like, oh, my God, Cameroon, such an amazing country. So, yeah, that's our all. That's always been our mission. To, to be honest, to, do. to be honest, I do. I do enjoy the concept of the, of the platform. The fact that people can listen on it and just get some. Um, realistic or real or practical data about countries and what not not something that you can find on the internet or on some yeah. whatever tourism mm-hmm. platform but really getting feedback from people coming from those places or living in there telling you how life is there and what are the ins and the outs and what yeah. what it all entails being from there and living there and going there so um good a good thumbs up for you guys yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, definitely lot, yeah yeah i mean one of the goals of this podcast is breaking stereotypes so yeah it, it's it's amazing when we have the opportunity to talk with a native and bring bring on the all the all the stereotypes and you guys break all you know what, what people are saying about your country or about your people so wow it, it is amazing it's, it's going it, it's been already one of <laughs> the best best things we we've done yeah, for Thank sure. You. Congratulations so far, then. Yeah. 
But bro, I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound dumb. We started, you know, uh, before recording, we started this conversation. Say that the only thing I know about Cameroon is Samuel Beto and Joe <laughs> Embiid. But be, yeah, because because this uh, Barcelona team from 2006 or 2005, it was amazing. You know, you had um, a freshman Lionel Lionel Messi in there, and also Ronaldinho from Brazil. I'm Brazilian. Harris, I don't know if you if you know I'm Brazilian. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but I by the way, know. by the way. <laughs> By the way, I'm Brazilian. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, I, I was following a lot this thing. Yeah. So, uh, it and we had a, a, a nice fact. We had a player here in my team, Flamengo. Uh, I'm a Flamengo supporter. And his name uh, back in 2006 was Obina. And one of the um, our fans' song was, was telling that Obina is better than the top because you know it was sounding <laughs> al almost the same. So we were singing like something in Portuguese sounds like oh Obina é melhor que eto. Oh, <laughs> something like that, you know. The Portuguese so, accent, yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Awesome. I think the best way to start this was is literally just to talk to about a little bit what you used to do as a child in Cameroon, yeah. like. What kinds of like uh, things you do you would do with your friends, like the games that you used to play, or just like the overall life as a kid in, in Cameroon? Yeah, how was your childhood in there? Um, to be honest, I think my life in Cameroon was the same, almost the same as the life in of every other child in the world. You know, like you just play dumb games, you do mistakes, you fall on the floor you get some wounds and then you get up and you continue playing whatever you want to play. Uh, I do remember. So one, one thing you think you need to understand or to know is that as it is the case in every single part of the world, there are different, um, there are different uh, stages in the society, you know, like you have people who have more income and more higher standard kind of life compared to others. So I was, I was lucky to be in the middle class, so I was mm. I was perfectly okay with that. And I remember me and my friends back then playing football with a bottle, like with a plastic plastic bottle of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think everyone has done that, you know. Literally, um, like yeah, my middle school, like we only used to play with plastic real. bottles. Like yeah, <laughs> always. See? So those simple facts makes us understand um, that. Cameroon and or Africa, I mean Cameroon in particular, but Africa in general, is almost is the same as I mean not the same entirely, but it's what you can find in Cameroon is almost what you can find as a person in any other part of the world, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah to answer your question, wrong, I think I just had a very normal childhood, you know, like just being playing in the dust all over the place, um, yeah. going to school. Being a kid, have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, being a kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing about Cameroon is that it's very, you have a lot of dust and it's super humid all over the place, like <laughs> everywhere. Um, so there's no winter or that kind of stuff. So you never get to play with with um, with snow, like there's no snow tree or whatever. No, mm -hmm. you just play, play in the dust. I with feel the you. Yeah. When, you're, <laughs> same, when you're lucky. Same, same bro. <laughs> <laughs> when you're lucky, you get to play with a ball, then the ball gets stolen and that's it. Whenever you can, you whenever you have the opportunity, whenever it's the season, you can just go on top of a tree, grab some mangoes, or wait for Ooh. the mangoes to get down on the floor, and then uh, and then eat some, you know. So very very basic. I mean, not basic, very um, very yeah. typical kind standard, of childhood, yeah. you know. Typical, nothing yeah, standard, exactly. nothing nothing super super special. So it's normal to see like kids playing outside, 
very regularly in your hometown normally? Yeah, yeah, like it's very regular. One thing that is a bit of a downturn is that you also see some other, um, some other, let's call them poor people, kids playing around, um, like they're super dirty, but they're walking all over the, the street and, and, and anything. And so you just see, look at that and you feel some kind of, some kind of, Yeah, compassion, like, sorry. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want. I don't like to be sorry about anyone because I feel like everyone is could be in a better situation. Is and it's just on us to help them or on on them to try and get better. So I don't mm -hmm. like to feel sorry about people, but I, but I think it's you just feel some compassion um, mm -hmm. towards them when you can do something uh, to help them or anything. You you try to when you can't, you just can't, you know. But yeah, so that's those are the the, the the small downturns which you can find in Cameroon here and there, but it's not it's not at all it's, it's not everywhere. And all in all, it's a good experience as a as a chat. So so not, yeah. nothing nothing wrong about it. And just to continue what you said, a lot of those kids are even so happy with what they have with the simplest things because we see that, especially like obviously like more up countries like even uh, Netherlands, we see like very rich kids that they. So if they don't have the PlayStation 5, they start screaming and everything. Yeah. And we see like kids uh, like playing with plastic bottles and they're so happy just to have that plastic bottle at that moment. And that's like the best thing ever is literally to like to find happiness in the simplest things. And I, I think this is something that I, if there's one, um, if there's one thing I should come out with from my experience and my living in Cameroon, it's indeed, as you mentioned, that Um, we find happiness in the very little things, you know, mm -hmm. it's a lot of people understand that in terms of um, a lot of people understand that in because they build that mindset over time. But when you're in Cameroon and when you're living there or in Africa in general, I, I think I can say that um, you get to be happy with all the very little things that you manage to have in your in your living you know it's not that you're poor or something you can be poor or rich or whatever you can be any class of the society but you definitely learn to um get your joy and your inner happiness from anything that you can see anywhere and just focus and draw your happiness and build your happiness upon that so yeah this is something which i which i'm very happy to have as my uh, as part of my personal life and my personal um, principle, so to say. Yeah, um, amazing. And really the values, the, I mean, the values are different, right? I mean, in Europe, um, you know, as Guy said, like the guy is, you know, looking, waiting for a PlayStation 5 and then he, he didn't get it. He starts screaming, he starts crying or kind of stuff. But then in Africa, if we get this ball, like we are playing soccer with the plastic bottle. So if we get this ball, This is going to be amazing. It's one of the best things that ever happened to an African kid or to a Latin kid. I'm from a Latin country. So we had like maybe one of a similar things. I mean, I yeah. don't want to compare, but I mean, like the values are pretty similar, you know. Mm. So mm. The, the, the biggest that we could get is something that are not too value for a European person. That's what I want to say. So yeah, for sure. I, I feel yeah. I feel yeah. I feel what you're saying. You, you know, something which I don't know if it might bring some trouble over my head, but um you mentioned something about uh getting kids crying when they want to get the PS4 and then when they don't get it or then the last the, the, the newest phone that they're gonna cry. Mm -hmm. In Cameroon, based on my 
own experience. Like when you start crying, you just get a slap in your face. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. That's it. African parents. African parents. <laughs> That's it. Like you start crying, you get a slap in your face, and you, cry, same, and you cry bro. more, and you get some more slaps. Yeah. And that's life. That's it. So next time you won't cry anymore. You're just gonna ask for. You're, you're just gonna lower your standards. That's it. It's not a PS4. It's gonna be a, yeah. a Nintendo DS. You know. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we don't want to spread violence in this podcast, but for real, no, man, I was, no. I went, I, I really, man, I was raised like this, the, like the same. If I would cry for my grandma, I was, I was raised by my grandparents. If I, if I would, if I would go there to my, to my grandparents, and if I tell that I'm crying about something, dude, I would just get slapped on my face, or just, you know, <laughs> she would throw her, um, her sandals on my face, or kind of stuff. So. So. Uh, I, of course you mentioned something which is really cool good which is not spreading violence I, that's not my intention I'm, my, my intent is to share my own experience as a, sure, as a yeah. kid in Cameroon and also because I, I, I had a conversation with my girlfriend earlier I mean late, earlier to th this week and uh, we were talking about it and she was like Harris I don't want to I don't want to to put my hand on, on my kids never and I was like yeah, yeah I do agree with that because It's not because I've been educated that way that I want to have that on my own, on my own family, you know. So yeah, I do get that. But yeah, as a kid, you don't. When you can, at least from in based on my experience, you, no. I never. And I'm also I'm not saying that all the parents do slap or do put the hand on the kids. Well, the majority. That was on my. Here's the majority. At least yeah, in Brazil, <laughs> the big majority is is it's the case for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but but yeah like um also we're not like talking about actual like jabbing and punching it's just like mm -hmm. normally it's like a sandal just to say okay you didn't get the ps5 here's a ball go play with your friends you'll be even more happy maybe and you you after you grab that ball and you go play it you kind of say oh my mom was actually right actually had fun Yeah. yeah. Something something happened in my life in that regard. Um, I remember getting beaten up by my dad because I did something. One of the the one of the some something dumb at home. I don't remember what. But yeah, I got roasted by my dad that day. He went out to work or something. He came back home two hours later and he was like, "Hey guys, want to have ice cream? Let's go out for ice cream." Yeah. I was like, "Dude, <laughs> you just..." slap my face off a few hours ago and you offer ice cream i was like okay yeah sure let's go and since then i love ice cream <laughs> man two facts like oh uh, the first one like maybe he was uh, he was regretting what he had done no, or no, maybe no. it was just like uh, you know just discontinue life it's just normal to slap your kids i i, 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 think, I would go with the second one for sure i think because I it, it, in my family it was happening the same Like yeah. my, my grandma was never regretting what she was done. She was just, you know, it's it's her way to to raise us. I mean, me and my 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 other cousins. So, yeah. I think I think the 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 message behind it is, you did something wrong. So we need to um, make you understand what you what the wrong you did first off. Sure. But two, we need to also show you that show you that we love you. So it's not because we hit you that we hate you. You know. Mm -hmm. So it 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 goes with love. The underpinning or the the underlying sentiment is love. It's not, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the hardest things is trying to understand what you did wrong as a kid. Like that's little. Like you do some dumb shit, you think like, ah, hey, it's whatever. But then you don't really think about it. Sometimes yeah. you need that wake up call. You really of need course. that wake up call. 
Uh, and it's, and in my opinion, it's better to have a slap in the face than to be arrested and be in the police station. Mm-hmm. So for real, man, for real. Indeed, yeah, it helps. So here is one thing I actually haven't asked you: Which part of Cameroon are you from? Are you from the capital, the coast? Uh, the question is tricky, and here's why: I lived all my entire life in the capital city, so Yaoundé, which is mm-hmm. in the, let's say, south west part of the country but it's mostly yeah it's, it's in the south part of the country mm-hmm. so i lived my entire life in the capital but my family is originally from the western part so we just came to we just came to my to the capital city to live in there but yeah we're, we're originally from the western part of the country okay and you speak french and english as like main languages from the capital right uh this is also tricky because <laughs> okay. cameroon cameroon is cameroon is supposed to uh to be uh bilingual so french and english indeed so when you go to school you get to learn french and i mean you get to learn french and english first off um mm-hmm. but second 75 ish i don't have the exact statistics but let's say that the majority of people in cameroon do speak french uh as their main language and are not that good with english unfortunately okay. um So in the capital city, for example, you have the, the majority of people speaking French and just a few part of the country as a whole, a small part of the country as a whole, speaking English as their first language. All right. Okay. But, but do you have a native language as well or just speak both uh, So in Cameroon, so on top of French and English, you have uh, more than 200 other local languages. <laughs> Uh, and this is so, uh, this is so, I mean, the, the language picture of the country is so all over the place that pe- some, that two people from the country might speak their own local language and not understand each other. Right. So, yeah. but it's just what it is, you know, it's just, that's our, that's our culture. And I, and, and I do believe that it's also one of the reasons why our country is so, Uh, peaceful you know because they are we have such a, such a huge cultural background so that yeah, yeah. Um, there, there might not be some kind of hatred or something uh, of course there have been some issues and some problems over the past years with um, the northwest and southwest part of the country and I do really feel sorry about the situation um, and I do support that part of the region as and I, I and I'm very much from the, from, for the unity of the whole country um, but yeah there have been a lot of issues um over the past years with that part of the region and i just hope and pray that it, this this is going to be better with time yeah i always heard that uh cameroon is very cultural like diverse because yeah. i've always heard of the languages french and english and a lot of people actually like you uh, go uh, to other countries hmm. so they uh, a lot of people from cameroon travel through other continents and countries so they spread uh, you know their um, their culture yeah so that's quite yeah. nice Mm. Um, I actually wanted to talk about something we both talked about before, which actually also goes back to one of our uh, podcasts about Russia, which is the fear of traveling inside uh, Africa and inside even Cameroon. Mm. And uh, yeah, like ways to end it, basically. Ways to end it. So um, one of the things that we we talked about was uh, trying to have more public figure figures talk about the country and also like giving like the true image of what it is 
And also you talked about, you, I remember the, um, the tailored made packages of like yeah. travel because mm. like guys, Africa is not like Europe. It's not like you can go from, uh, imagine Portugal to yeah. Paris, like it is, you know, you can, you cannot travel in Africa like you do in Europe. You need like more help. You need more information. And this is something that needs to be uh, making like better have more information, more of these trips, more like uh, social coverage to make, to make it more accessible at the end of the day. Um, so. as, a, as a disclaimer, I will first say that I, all I'm, I'm about to say and all, all what I've been said so far is based on my own experience and on my own uh, appraisal and my own um, sentiment. And that's my own opinion. So of course, mm-hmm. people are allowed to disagree if anyone when people are going to listen to this so all all i will say is just me talking people can have other opinion but that's just my opinion here right so first off i do think that there are not that much information about tourism in cameroon to my knowledge because um yeah i think we could the country as a whole but also people coming from cameroon could do better could do more about that like talking about the, the country saying more um showing what is there to be to, to what what the country has to offer in terms of like mm-hmm. natural resources but also any kind of leisure um accommodation that people can find in Cameroon. so i think there's not enough communication um about that especially i'm specifically talking about cameroon i don't want to generalize this to the to the whole africa yeah, because yeah, i yeah. do know for a fact yeah, that sure. some other countries are doing better in that regard yeah, and now, now also rwanda is like spending a lot of money on, on you know claiming for tourists also they are they're now in barcelona shirts i guess oh no psg psg both, shirt. like both, yeah both both, both. Oh, okay yeah both of them yeah the same visit rwanda and like they're doing very great in tourism mm. so so i think there are strategies going on in some other countries um uh, i haven't seen such large-scale activities happening for Cameroon. So I, I do hope that something could be done there. But based on what I do know as of today and based on my experience as of today, um, I do think that, indeed, as you said, GM, uh, G, uh, I don't think people from Europe or from anywhere else in the world, I mean, outside of Africa, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think it's possible to just... Um, pack a bag and say i'm gonna go to cameroon just out of the blue you know uh, yeah. it's not like you're taking the train from netherlands to paris and say hey i'm going yeah. to vacation um first off it's way more expensive than that because in lower season you might find a flight ticket for um uh, a return flight ticket for let's say around five to six hundred but in like very uh, high seasons like like summer and and Um, Christmas holidays, the prices can go up to fifteen hundred, even Whoa. more euros. Um, so yeah. yeah, euros. Yeah. Whoa, fuck, bro. So first <laughs> off, you need to prepare for that. So that's one. Um, two, um, I think in terms of organization and in terms of local feeling, you might need to either be part of an organized group. You know, like having everything organized by a company where you, so that you can have a hotel and you can have a specific schedule of things to do in the country. Mm-hmm. Or, and this is one of what I prefer, having a family which you are in touch with or in contact with and living in the family within the house. I think the first 
uh, the first option which I mentioned is very fine, but I think you might still have too much of a tourism experience in the sense that you would, um, yeah, you would be on Cameroon, but you would do all the touristic stuff, which might not reflect the entire local experience as someone being in Cameroon mm. and someone living in the Cameroon family. Yeah, exactly. Um, Whereas when you live in, when you go and get in touch with the family or go in Cameroon as part of a family, um, you are welcomed by a family living on the, in the country. You will get to eat their local food um, mm -hmm. and you will get to basically live by their local standards, you know, so you will get the full experience of um, living in Cameroon. Yeah, they will yeah. bring you to whatever um, local place. Of course, they're going to bring you to the touristic places, but I think they will also bring you to some not well, not uh, not very yeah, well, talked well known, about places. Yeah, yeah, exactly, not, not a lot, not well known places. But which is still good because you will get a, a full, as I said, a full local experience about mm -hmm. um, about country, about the the culture, the standards. Um, yeah, so you will get a full picture of what it entails to to live in Cameroon. So yeah, I think to 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 summarize, I think going to Cameroon out of no way out of the blue and just packing a bag and going to Cameroon. It's not something that I would recommend. It's not about mm -hmm. safety. I don't want to say it's about safety, but it's more about um, knowing what about... to expect. Knowing... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. like being being prepared. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's you... basically it. Exactly. So you might need a lot of preparation and doing that by on your own. It's not impossible, but it's much more complicated than going from, uh, yeah. from let's just... say, the... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. From from like, Europe to 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 uh, to Latin America, you know. So it's a mm -hmm. full experience as a whole. I'm talking about Cameroon only, not about the other the other African countries. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. So that's I, my that's my two sentences. And I think you talked something very very important, which is being uh, um being inside the culture as a native. Like like as a native, many people don't care about it, and like people only stay inside the resorts. Basically, it's a bubble. Mm -hmm. You go to Cameroon, you stay inside that hotel for the whole week. You haven't been in Cameroon. Like, you haven't really saw Cameroon. You mm -hmm. haven't eaten their food. You haven't done anything. You just were there to go to the beach and go back home. I think it's very important to try to at least get local friends or just know any locals. Even if you're in the hotel, speak to some someone that's working there about like, oh, what place should I go or what restaurant should I go like local restaurants because you're also giving money to these local uh, places the yeah. yeah you're upping the economy and you're experiencing the, the real thing and also as you said getting to the local like um, no not so known places mm. and if you have like followers and everything it's even better because if you make a story on Instagram about this place or even about this restaurant maybe people will like okay maybe my next trip will be to Cameroon and I'll definitely check out this restaurant I know exactly. that uh, there's a YouTube channel. I forgot their name, but they went to this country. Uh, it, it was like an island in uh, close to Australia. And uh, this restaurant that they were in and they were filming got so many clients the next Amazing. week because everybody was like, oh, I came from this channel. It was so nice. And they uh, afterwards like went publicly like, thank you so much for this YouTube channel. They like increase our uh, awareness and you know our, our brand as a whole. So it's very nice to, to see that happen. I do think that, to catch up on what you just said, I do think that a social network is adding a lot to the touristic, uh, to the tourism industry in Cameroon um, because there are a lot of people from Cameroon living abroad. Um, and so they do bring 
I think they kind of through the the the, the social network they kind of bring the experience the experience closer to people living abroad in Europe in in America and so on. Um, they're bringing the experience closer to them through whatever uh, Instagram stories or YouTube pages or Facebook or YouTube yeah, channel or Facebook page. Um, and so they bring that experience clo- so close that people could actually see how it is with the eyes of, the, of, some, of someone going to Cameroon or someone being from Cameroon, you know. So I think mm-hmm. it's a, a huge, I have to, to give a huge big up to the, to the social network and to people working in... Um, working in making that possible and making the Cameroonian story available to people abroad for them to see how it is, what it looks like and potentially thinking about going there. So that's the first thing. The second one is that um, apart from what I'm saying right now, which is having local experience, people might also want to just go to Cameroon and stay at the hotel and just go to the beach. There's a very nice beach in Kribi, a very um, dark sand beach in Kribi. Um, so people yeah. would also want to go to the hotel and, uh, and, and have a chill time there, you know. But I do think that indeed, I do agree with you that doing that would not give you a full local experience of Cameroon, you know. So that's why I said my opinion is in order to get this full local experience, you should either be part of a program I do think there are some available already, or you should go with a family. You should have a family who is uh, welcoming you at their place um, and taking care of you while you're staying there. Another yeah, way to man. do it, actually, that I just remembered, is doing volunteer work. That might actually also work. You're you're like providing for a greater good, and you're also experiencing yourself like in this country that you're in. Indeed. And I and I know for a fact that Cameroon has many programs for like. Um, uh, volunteer work and that kind of stuff. So, for sure, that's also Indeed. another solution. Indeed. Yeah, Indeed. for sure. But Harris, don't you think that, in the other hand, um, for example, let's say that the government are actually making a mistake by, you know, building those big resorts and bringing only the rich tourism to there when they could, you know, spending money on investing on, uh, you know, low-cost airlines or... Um, I don't know, like, I mean, startups there where you can build hostels and kind of stuff for in the hand of uh, letting know the people, the real Cameroon, you know, mm-hmm. for example, because you're building all those resorts and safari and kind of stuff like this African experience, let's say this fake African experience. Mm-hmm. And then you're bringing only the rich tourists. You're bringing, uh, instead of a thousand tourists, you're bringing a hundred, let's say. Mm-hmm. And you would be a way more profit. You'd get a way more profit by bringing, you know, a thousand tourists where they could actually know where the country is than, you know, building all those resorts and taking Okay, you could take uh, the same amount of money, but you were not showing the real country to the tourism, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I do get your point. Uh, mathematically speaking, you might be right in terms of like having more people knowing the country by investing on some lower cost hotels i don't think we uh, and maybe lowering lower investing in the airline companies uh, and therefore which will result in having lower prices on on airlines uh, tickets and everything um, but on the other hand knowing the local market and knowing the local people and the local economy i do think that any extra dollar and any extra euro 
coming into the country, no matter where it comes from, provided that the source is, of course, reliable and a good source, yeah. meaning having clients coming from abroad to visit the country uh, and to to eat local food and to make ba- basically make the economy live, I think that money is still accepted because the country in, is in such an economy, an, uh, um, let's say a fragile economic situation i'm not talking about the company the, the government as a whole or, or i mean not the government the country as a whole but i'm talking about the the low-income people who are the majority of the yeah, people sure. living there right mm-hmm. so every single dollar that could end in their pockets from whatever client coming from whatever country in the world is welcome you know it's yeah. of course we could that i think for me there are two steps first step is bringing people to Cameroon, no matter where they come from, no matter yeah. what the objective is, as long as they bring some good money in the country. Um, so one, well, that's one step. And I think once we have reached that, then we can improve that by um, investing on, on, on stuff like hotel, accommodation, uh, um, airplane tickets and everything. We can, in, we can then invest on those in order to bring those um, costs to a lower standard so that people with lower income from abroad can yeah. still come to Cameroon and have decent yeah. accommodation provided for them, you know? Yeah, um, that's a point. So yeah, that's, that's what I think, that no matter where that money comes from, it's welcomed. And then there will be another step, which is uh, improving that so that people from uh, lower revenues, people who are not necessarily rich, can still come to Cameroon and enjoy the country. Because it's very sad for us to think that... Uh, Probably Guy is also, you know, we all here, we are middle classes, like we are in the middle class mm. standard, let's say. Uh, it's, it's so sad that we can travel actually inside Europe. And, you know, I can go like, for, for example, you guys are in Amsterdam. If you want to go in the weekend for, to, to Brussels, you can mm. go and then like leave this weekend as a middle class standard, you know. Mm. But if I want to go in a weekend, okay, it's far, but let's say if you be close, Cameroon. Uh, if I would go to Cameroon in a weekend, I, I cannot because I'm not I'm not rich. I don't have money to to go yeah. like uh, to st- stay in a hotel mm-hmm. and also to 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 live the life I'm wanting there because I, I'm because I am native, you know. So yeah, or even like inside Africa, like you cannot go so easily yeah. from imagine Cameroon to uh, um, Nigeria, for example. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's expensive. You cannot just grab a train and go there. It's, you have to like, yeah, save a little bit of money to actually do uh, this that. Is, this is something complicated because of all the visa stuff too. Because yeah, all the Africans need visa to go to another uh, African country. So it's it, it it is complicated. It's more than this, you know. It's something. It's yeah. something bigger. It's something exactly. like it's 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 government politics and yeah, it, and it, 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 and easy and easy like like the Schengen space there in Europe, right? um so yeah but 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 it's too like if you have this all these income classes that you could divide that like you could split like let's bring the other society to our country if you have this program in your country things would be a way easier which is crazy because africa has so many countries <coughs> and if you if like they really all, all have this problem with the visas it's kind of sad not being able to do this kind of stuff that europe does um, yeah. I think there's still a, there's still a huge uh, governmental 
political and economical step between Europe slash the US, I mean, Europe slash America and Africa in this regard, you know, in the the facility that people have or do not have to move within the continent and move from one country to another one. Um, As you said, Jean, it's it's still a big struggle that the whole country as a whole is going through. we still we still need to see how much time it's gonna it's gonna take for them for them to align or something. I think I know there were some um, con- there were some discussions within the Central Africa because between uh, within the the Central Africa to come up with a passport that would allow people to move within the subregion. But I think this is something that where where we where some more work needs to be done as a general level for for the whole country. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take it. I think the country the the continent is gonna, the continent is gonna take it step by step, and we'll yeah, just sure. wait and see where it goes. You know. Yeah, it's the same with like the the East Asian countries, like Thailand. Now is insane with tourism, and everybody like back in the day. If you talk it would about be impossible Thailand, like, to think of going yeah, there. Never. Yeah. yeah, Thailand, Vietnam as well. Everybody Man, yeah. thinks. Everybody thinks Vietnam as a war country, blah, blah, blah. Now everybody wants to go there because mm. they did the right thing and they completely Open the opened the borders and did the country like uh, it's justice. It's a beautiful country. And now it has a lot of, lot of tourists, even with golf. <laughs> One of the ways was build golf courses for Vietnam. <laughs> it was so funny. No, for sure. Asians are doing really good in tourism, really for sure so harris man what is your history like uh, what why did you decide to go to to amsterdam to go to the netherlands it's by your field of study how is it um so to give you a bit of background about myself i landed in france when i was 18 so in 2012 um just for my study so i did a pre-bachelor let's call it that way so i did a pre-bachelor in cameroon uh, right after my high school degree then i I got lucky enough to travel to France to continue my engineering degree. So I did three years there. Um, so I got my engineering degree, worked for a couple of years, then went back to business school because I wanted to work in finance. Um, mm-hmm. So I went back to school, did a bit of internship within within the country, and then got the opportunity, uh, job opportunity in Amsterdam. And here I am. Amazing, bro. Amazing. That's very, nice. very, very short story. Uh, but I have to say that um it's un- it's unfortunately not that easy for people to travel um to travel to europe because i i, I started this very let's call it side hustle activity working on this app um in amsterdam where you can basically help people with their choice right so you you have this app where you can you can map out whatever task is available within the city and then apply for it for a job and then Amazing. do that job for, for someone, right? So I, I had a, a, a chore someday with um, a family coming straight from the US. They've been, they, they're, they, were, they are Americans and they've, they, they had been living in the, in the country for like, I don't know, maybe two months or something. Um, so I was basically ironing their clothes, you know, um, and no, no, it was, it was something super simple. I was ironing the clothes and I never got to have a, a conversation with the, with the father of the family. So he came to me, I think he was, he, I mean, he came to me and we started having a conversation and he started asking me about my, my life and what have, what brought me to the Netherlands, you know, um, so I told him about my my uh, 
my education and my yeah I told him about my my education my my work background and everything my current job um, and he was actually kind of surprised he was like hmm okay he because I I could see in his eyes and I and I didn't blame it blame him blame him at all I did see in his in his eyes that he didn't think that I would be able to uh, that I could be able to do all what I told him and at the same time being at his place ironing his shirts you know um, yeah. and then yeah it was it was so and funny. also he was judging from where you you were now like your country where you're from also yeah i i, I don't want to call it judgment because i don't think he it's a pre-judgment you know like i mean it's it's something you know um enraging our in our yeah. society uh, unfortunately uh. I, I don't think it was judgment. I think it was just ignorance, you know? Like, yeah, not well. ignorance as if the person didn't want to know, but ignorance because the person just didn't know, you know? Has not, has yeah, never didn't been have any knowledge. Yeah. Exactly. Didn't have any knowledge about Cameroon mm, yeah. in particular, you, you know? So I could see that level of ignorance in his eyes. And I was like, yeah, I'm very happy to tell you more about, like, who I am, what I've, sure. what I've been up to and why I'm in the country, you know? Mm. Um, and so the more we were talking about Cameroon and my own personal experience, the more he was interested into it. And one question he raised was, I guess he, so quote unquote, he was like, yeah, I guess it should be super hard for uh, people from Cameroon to travel in here. Like you should be super smart to be, uh, to come to, to travel to France or to travel to the Netherlands. Um, and when he asked that question, I didn't know what to tell him because On one hand, I don't want to say that it's easy because it's definitely not easy. You need to go to school. You need to prove to whatever European authority yeah. that you need to, that you deserve to travel here, that you have yeah. um, a project and that you've thought through every single step to travel from Cameroon to France or Netherlands or whatever country. So on one hand, it's not easy at all. But I do think on the other hand, that it's very accessible, you know, you just need to put in the effort Of course, not all the families in Cameroon have the, the facilities to go to, to school and to travel, of course, because this is something that, as I said, there are a lot of low to middle class people in Cameroon, so not everyone can afford bringing a, a kid to, to, to France. But mm -hmm. I think once people and once the kids themselves make, put in the effort to, to work hard, to uh, try to follow their dreams as much as possible and to put in the effort, I think it's something that is very much doable. So I, so I didn't know what to tell him because his question was, is it that hard? And I was like, no, it's not that hard. You just need to work for that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that was it. That was it. Sometimes it's, it's hard to, to hear it, but yeah, it's all hard work and putting up your mind. If you, you can do anything you put your mind up to. Like, obviously, one of the biggest barriers, barriers is money because... Especially Amsterdam, this is crazy expensive. Especially for me, a Portuguese person. So I can only imagine like what it is for a Cameroon little kid, you know. Uh, so um, yeah, like grinding, trying to make like Excellent. a pocket of yeah. money, and then try to find the safe uh, job. It doesn't have to be necessarily like a great job, just something that is enough to continue uh, living in Amsterdam, and then grind from there basically indeed i do agree with you to some extent in the sense that yes you could try to 
yeah, you could try to find a job that is enough to for you to pay the bills and for you to have a decent standard standard of life, you know? Uh, so that's one thing. But to me, this is too safe. I am the kind of person, and that's just because I am just the way I am. That's only my opinion. But I think that um, almost anything is achievable as soon as you put in the effort and you get a bit of luck, you know? I do know that it's a decent part of luck into almost anything. But I think as soon as you're willing to put in the effort and to work hard for what you want to achieve, um, then you can get it. I do not, I don't agree with the fact that because someone comes from somewhere, wherever it is in the, in the world, then he has, um, then he has some kind of, um, some kind of barriers, you know, some kind yeah, of yeah, upper yeah, level yeah. that he or she cannot overcome. I don't agree with that because, of course, they, society will tell otherwise. But I think as soon as you're willing to put in the effort to give yourself some and high and also level... Like, be social, like be social. That's one of the things my parents always say. If you go to another country, talk to as many people as you can, yeah, as, as you, can, you said yeah. on the app. Like you are ironing clothes. Nobody wants to do that, but you never know who you meet bro yeah network network like, is, is, is pretty network, especially you know, nowadays network is nowadays everything. yeah yeah like you can call it luck i say meeting the right people is putting effort into talking mm. so that's one of the biggest things in my opinion you literally just have to talk to people because you never know like even myself i remember actually aries a uh, <laughs> good thing you told me about that app because i actually did some tasks in there and my latest one Yeah. And my latest one was actually uh, moving. Sorry, guys, what is the name of that? So the app is called Near Ones. Uh, Near I'm ones. not sure if it's only in Amsterdam. Uh, in, yeah, uh, it's, only, it's only in the Netherlands. Yes. So oh, okay. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I was moving items and there was this guy, very rich guy, by, by the way, but didn't look like it. Uh, and he was helping me move the, uh, the items because he was like the owner of the house. And he was from South Africa, actually, okay. South Africa. And uh he was very like impressed that i was here as well like he was so interested in my story so i just mm -hmm. started talking to him and he was like okay next time you come back because i uh, there was some other stuff that needed to be moved and he was like if i give my money to someone it, it will definitely be you and Amazing, who knows bro. in the future who knows in the future communication so, is everything bro communication yeah, like, storytelling like, and is everything And, and guys, to our viewers, sometimes you do stuff that you really do not want to, like mowing lawn, uh, whatever it is, like these shitty tests. But you never know what you may find doing these things. Like, it's incredible what the world can get you doing these little things. So, there's, grind, there's grind almost everywhere. But also talking about lucky, uh, when you're grinding a lot, also the luck is coming by you, you know, it's coming with mm. you by your grind. You say like uh, uh, we we hear a lot of people saying, "Oh, I'm unlucky. I don't have lucky in my life and kind of stuff." You don't have lucky because you're thinking like like this. You're thinking negative, you know. Mm -hmm. So you have to to grind and always think positive that you are doing things, that you are achieving things, and then the luck is coming. It's coming by. It's coming with you, you know. So mm -hmm. that's how you you get lucky, guys. It's you have to think positive. Okay, yeah, no, it, it's no cool to be around. Yeah, bro, person. It, yeah, sure. Okay, if you're feeling angry about something, you know, be angry, but 
only by seconds, only by minutes, let's say. Don't take it for your the rest of your day or for the rest of your week, you know. You have to always be positive and always think about the best in everything you do, for sure. Basically. Yep. Yeah. So, Harry, what would you say, like, the, the, like, the biggest differences in France and Amsterdam that you saw, uh, or, like, Netherlands as a whole? Versus? Um, versus so Cameroon? No, no. So, like, uh, you said you were in France. Which yes. place in France, by the way? Uh, I lived in Rouen, which is in the, in the northwest of France. Okay. And I lived in Paris afterwards. Okay. Mm. What would you say, like, the biggest differences from those locations to Amsterdam here in the Netherlands? Mm. Uh, of course, I might also make some enemies from the French people. So what I'm going to say <laughs> is my opinion. Don't judge me. It, you have your own it. opinion. That's, no, but I think people in, in the Netherlands are way nicer, you know? Like, they're just way... Like, just getting a smile from someone when you take the tram or when you get in the train or you look to someone in the eyes and the person gives you a genuine smile, that's just something... That's just one of the biggest biggest difference, you know? Um, in a sense that, yeah, I'd, sometimes you could tell when I was... Especially in Paris, because Paris is... Uh, people are always busy all the time people are just running all over the place uh, sometimes you are in the train something's happening people are just on their phones you know like not caring about what is happening around um so yeah i think the people are just nicer in the netherlands so that's one um but on the other hand i think food in paris is way better if there's something that i'm missing from france <laughs> it's the food the food there is just awesome you know um so yeah i think the food is the biggest difference on the other hand but yeah i think i think i i all i sometimes see the western part of europe as some kind of big city or big village with each and every subsidy being the country's um just every city just being a tiny bit different from the other you know like there mm -hmm. might be some cultural differences here sure. some different in terms of food or transportation but it's all in all more or less you get more or less the same impression when you are especially when you come from abroad you know when you are living in the continent you don't see it as much but when yeah. you come from abroad and when you get to travel mm -hmm. into several places you just get a bit the, the same feeling versus like when you compare all of europe to the to the sub-saharian part of africa for example then you see the difference, you know, like it's way. definitely not the same thing. I can I'm only imagine, saying, yeah. Do you, yeah. Also, do you also miss the food from your country, from Cameroon? Oh, <laughs> is that even a question? <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, of course. I, I don't think, I think it's so special. It's not something that yeah. you can. And something about Africa as a whole is that food from one country to another can be so different. Yeah, that you're just mind blown, you know, like you're like, is this, am I still on the same continent? Even if, even within the same country, you can have two different food with so different flavors and your mouth is just, you just get a bomb in there, a bomb of flavors in your mouth, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I want to kill these stereotypes that people used to have or maybe still have of like Africa or Cameroon in particular, just being this huge forest with people walking naked and having playing <laughs> with lions, you know? This is, <laughs> yeah, this is some kind of BS. Like, 
life there is almost as the same as in in Europe. You just have a lot of cultural differences, which you have to live by because that's just how it is. But yeah, people live in Cameroon as much as living in, as well as they live, they could live in Africa or in Europe or in, in America. And just people are happy. They're just finding happiness in, in their in their in their lives. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Amazing. Do you um, talking about food? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, what do you guys eat there that is so special that you miss it? Ooh. A lot, there. Oh my gosh. Okay, I think I think one of the main difference is in terms of ingredients that we use. Okay. I'm I'm gonna put on put put up three three points. One one is in the ingredients, two is in the way of cooking, and three is in the spiciness. The easiest part is the spiciness. So we use so much flavor, and I think I could tell this for the whole Africa. We use so much flavor uh, and so much spices that you get every single meal come with its own flavor trip in some sense you know? like <laughs> every you meal travel, is different every yeah, meal is different you every, just travel yeah. to another planet just from your plate i'm a foodie so i might be a little bit exaggerative i mean i might be a little Amazing. i might exaggerate a little bit what i'm saying but i think it's true you know like you yeah. could basically travel from one place to another place just by having two different meals on your table you know um mm. so that's one thing about the the, the spices Two, in terms of ingredients, there is such a wide array of ingredients. And this is also linked to the spices, you know? Like, you you have, we can, there, there are literally some spices that you cannot find anywhere else in the world, but in Cameroon or but in Africa, you know? Like, you you cannot find those somewhere else because the the, the climate or the, the, the soil or just the culture doesn't involve that kind of spices you know or that kind of ingredients so mm-hmm. because we have so many so much different kind of ingredients then we have such a wide uh, range of different food and different meals that we, we can do with those and my last point is about the way of cooking so um in uh, in what i've seen in europe so far most of the food are made either from a pot or in the oven, or on the barbecue, you know? So it's pretty uh, standard in some regard, you know? Mm-hmm. But in Africa, you have so much more ways of cooking, you know? Like techniques, first, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of techniques. Meals can meals can take up to 24 hours to be made, literally, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you, would, you might need to smoke some meat for, let's say, one or two days because you want to smoke at a very specific temperature um, to get a very, some specific tenderness of the meat, you know? Um, with sometimes some food are best cooked when they're cooked from the actual, um, the actual wood, you know? Not, not in the oven. You need to have some, some, some wood fire for the yeah, meal to yeah, be like so some much coal. tasteful. Even, even in barbecues, The difference that it is to cook from an, an electric griller to actual coal burning, I always say this. Me and my friends never use electric grills. No. We always... <laughs> listen, Eric, you, talked is about, way better. you talked about uh, Europe, but I have to say Portugal is way different. The south of yeah. Europe is way different. 
like we actually cook so well and me and my friends we love fish it's one of our favorite things ever we go catch fish in the morning we catch like squids so many types of different fish and then we all have a big lunch with just fish on the grill on uh, over charcoal over hot coal yeah that's like one of my favorite things Mm -hmm. and and yeah like i completely agree with you i feel that like i see these in my yeah definitely different. and i see that in amsterdam from my experience in my office a lot of people here eat to survive they don't eat to enjoy Mm. and that kind of makes me so weird because listen for me a meal is like a way to enjoy myself like i in the office i put on my laptop i put on a video and i'm just enjoying myself people there go boop 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 i'm done back to work that's it what the hell you didn't even like uh, like taste your meal properly. You just ate it, and I guess that's the way of like especially Nordic countries here. But it just confuses me, confuses me so much. That's just part of the cultural difference, I guess. But of course, I mean, we are the way we are, and we can't do much about it, you know. Exactly. Yeah. We just have to live like that. That's why when you go abroad, you don't have Dutch restaurants or kind of stuff. You have Chinese restaurants, you have Japanese restaurants, you do have Italian restaurants, Brazilian Mm -hmm. or even Africans, but you don't have Dutch or German or American, (laughs) let's say. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. Basically. You do have, yeah, uh, fast foods. All right. You do have McDonald's (laughs) and kind of stuff, but you don't count it. Not the real gastronomy. So, guys, we are reaching the end of our podcast, unfortunately. Well, time passed by so fast, guys, during this episode. But before we finish in this episode, he wants to do the question that he does every single episode. Feel free, my bro. For sure. So, Harry's, we always end with this amazing question, which is, so, since you're, like, here in the Netherlands, you talk to someone, like, imagine a Dutch person, and you say you're from Cameroon. What is like the first thing you say afterwards to like uh, fully tell the person what your country really stands for? Like, what are you most proud uh, oh. about being from Cameroon? Mm, interesting. <laughs> interesting. That's a tough one, bro. I think, I think, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say tough one, but there's so much to, I could say that I need to grasp all of it into a few words, you know? Mm-hmm. I think one of the first thing that I say after saying I'm from Cameroon, because the question I get afterwards is usually, uh, how is how is it like? Or no, first off, they always say, I know Cameroon for football, which is also <laughs> something. So big up to our football team because they've been doing very well over the, over the years. So big up to them. Yeah, awareness. Um, so that's one thing. Two, the next question is, how does it look like? And I can't say anything else than it's just so different, you know? I cannot, I cannot put words on how different it is because I am from there. So if I say something, it will be based on my own experience and not on the experience of some foreigner going to Cameroon and actually catching the experience from the country, you know? But I guess this difference in terms of culture, in terms of standards, and in terms of food, and in terms of like just general life makes the whole beauty of the country you know like it's so it's so different from what you can have abroad that it's just a whole experience it's just an experience as a whole you know you just need to there's nothing that someone could that's my own two cents on it there's nothing that people could tell you it looks like it's not like you would go to you would meet someone from france from france 
and he would ask him how was France. He would talk to me about the the, the Eiffel Tower, you know, because yeah. it's very famous. So you might have seen it on pictures, and you might have a guess of what it might yeah. look like. But for Cameroon, there's no such thing that is so famous that you would um, you would um, base your statement upon that thing, you know. So there's nothing mm -hmm. so famous that you would um, you would talk about that to kind of relate the whole difference the whole difference story or topic on so the only thing i get to say is it's just so different if <laughs> if you want to know how it looks like just go there just that's, go there <laughs> that's it that's it yeah you know I, I i would i would tell you whatever i wanted to tell you but bottom line you need to go there to have your own feeling and just to enjoy it and experience the whole thing yourself mm -hmm, so that's always sure. what i end up saying for sure amazing. yeah amazing yeah just just out of curiosity uh when you actually want to settle are you are you thinking of like going back to Cameroon or would you like to stay in Europe like no, to actually I, buy a house yeah I think I mean first off you could people could buy a house almost anywhere so it doesn't you could buy a house somewhere but it's not because you bought a house somewhere that you were actually going to leave there for your whole life so that's mm. one thing But on the other hand, I do think that I belong to where I belong, you know. Um, my feeling, and once again, that's just my opinion. I think that you might probably never fully feel at home elsewhere than at your true home, you know. You mm -hmm. might try to find a second house or a second family somewhere abroad, but mm -hmm. you might ultimately only get your full home feeling when you are at your true home which in my case is, yeah, yeah. is Cameroon you know so I do think that I will ultimately end up going back to Cameroon at least having some activities there and having a big part of my time spent in Cameroon I don't know if mm -hmm. it's going to be 100% we never know what life will, will look like in the future but For I do sure. think that I will still be linked to my country in with in the mid in a very big part of my life indeed Yeah. yeah yeah amazing bro yeah no, like our country is always in our heart and will never go away of course <laughs> for sure you know? and i do feel the same i do feel the same like every day like i think of portugal like because when we are inside our own countries we're like ah i just want to go away and yeah we are always complaining away, bro yeah we're <laughs> like, away wow i actually miss my country quite a lot and, and yeah for sure for sure no definitely Oh, Harris, wow, what an amazing episode. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for accepting this invitation. It's so far one of our best episodes. It was really informative. It was really nice for both of us, you, for me, and Guilherme. Uh, we got to know a lot of things that we didn't know. And, bro, feel free whenever you want to come to Brazil. Doors are open for you. Of course. Feel free. You got to see for your own eyes, you too. Also, your girlfriend, <laughs> she's invited. <laughs> I, I am going to show really native places here. Sure. You guys are Please going do. to take it easy. So <laughs> for our listeners, thank you so much for one more episode. See you in two weeks. Uh, hope you guys all enjoyed our first African journey during the World Pie podcast. So see you in two weeks, guys. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.